Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Now from Hollywood, California, the horror capital of the world, the Boulay Brothers, Creatures of the Night. Uglies, and welcome to the Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night post-mortem recap and commentary on the Boulay Brothers Dragula Season 5, Episode 8. As always, we are your ghost hosts, the Boulay Brothers, Swanthula and Dracmorda. And for fans of the Boulay Brothers Dragula, we are recapping this season of the show for those who want to go behind the scenes with us as the show's creators. For a little deeper look into the world of Dragula and what it's like to work on the show. Are you ready to dig into this episode? I'm ready to dig into this episode so I can get out of Los Angeles and have some time <laughs> off. So let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're looking forward to taking a little time off. I really am. I mean, I think this is like the first time in years where we will actually and like legitimately be unplugging, traveling, off the grid, unreachable, and able to enjoy the holidays. Yeah, and I have to thank the quote fans. <laughs> yes. A certain segment of the fans for that because... We have decided to take a two-week break on airing episodes of the Boulay Brothers Dragula. And why is that? Well, it's because some of the fans made our lives a living hell year after year after year <laughs> when the finale came out. And I don't want them to consider this a punishment, but I do want them to consider this a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, okay, the last two holiday seasons, Christmas seasons in a row, have been completely demolished by the fans like overtaken in an incredibly unexpected overzealous psycho way yeah and that was like yeah it was season four it was right before the finale mm -hmm. and then it was titans <laughs> right after the finale yeah and it was both like of which both, <laughs> both which aired maybe what two days or something two or three days before christmas and it was just like so ugly for the cast and crew and everybody. It was like, this year, we're taking it off. Yeah. I am not going to let that happen. I will not let that happen this year. Everyone needs to calm down. Yeah. Eat your holiday hams. Just like sit in the snow and think about your life and why you shouldn't be on the internet as much as you are. Yeah. And then we'll come back and see who wins the show. Exactly. Oh, I love that for us. And I do think it was bad for the crew and the cast, but I think it was the worst for the two of us. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what happens on the show's operating 
through the holidays, right? You can't really let go or disconnect. You sort of have to still be there to, to man the, the fort and, you know, see the ship in. But not this year. The ship is going to take a quick departure through the Bermuda Triangle for a little vacation, and then we'll come back and pull it into the dock. Yay, I love the Bermuda Triangle for vacation. <laughs> so, yeah, so we are taking, a, you know, people will probably ask, why did we take a break? Part of the real reason, too, that we're taking a break with the Blade Brothers Dragula is because when the winner is announced right before Christmas, it's like, the winner, yay! And then two days later, the, everything shuts down. Everything shuts down, everyone goes into holiday hell, and you never hear about it again. And I feel like it really robs the winner of the opportunity to be celebrated. That's why we're taking the time off. We'll find out the winner in the new year. I think it'll be fantastic. They'll have a lot of eyes on them. They'll have time to really soak up their win. Also. I think that affects how we put, we're going to put the show out this year. As people notice, like we're casting much earlier. We're getting started a lot earlier because we would, we hope, and this is my hope is that we will be airing through the fall and Halloween season and wrapping up on Halloween. That's the plan. That would be ideal. Or it's, it'll be some version of that. We'll see. We'll see 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 if we hit, if we are able to hit that target, but that's what we're shooting for. Yeah. And you mentioned casting. I just want to, touch on that for a minute because the response for this casting announcement has been incredible yeah like more applicants in the first 24 hours than any other season before it and we just want to stress that there isn't a huge amount of time i think there's five or six weeks to like get all your materials in happy holidays (laughs) (laughs) may we give you a little piece of what you've given us in years past stress (laughs) anxiety (laughs) a gift from me to you from our hearts to yours but yeah so we are going to be um giving kind of preferential treatment to people that apply sooner than later. We have a quick roster to fill out and there are already like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applicants. So I know we're going to have an amazing season. I want to remind international competitors, get your stuff in as early as you can. If you have to cut a couple of corners to do it, do it because it's imperative because of the quick turnaround and the holidays and, you know, agencies being shut down and stuff. It's imperative that you get your stuff in early. So please do. And speaking of the holidays, this is a slow time for, I think, everyone. Everyone has, like, a lot of leisure time and downtime. And so some of you at home might be looking for recommendations from us around the holidays. So go watch Christmas Evil, a 1980s under-celebrated classic? I don't think I'll say that. But it is a slasher film. It is a horror (laughs) Christmas classic in some people's hearts and minds. (laughs) In John Waters' heart. We, we will be reviewing Christmas Evil next episode. Yeah, so next episode is going to be our Holiday of Horrors episode. So make sure you join us because you know the show is going to be on hiatus, but Creatures of the Night is not. We will still be coming out weekly during that time. And we have a special holiday-themed episode planned for you. And we're going to answer a ton of the listener questions that we have not had time to get to yet. So that's going to be a fun one. Yay! And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
Welcome back, everyone. And also, we want to welcome the supervising producer of the Boulay Brothers Dracula Season 5, who surely has the best behind-the-scenes intel from the show that anyone could ever. It's little Miss Ian DeVogler. <laughs> Breaking news from the set of the Belay Brothers Dragula Season 5. I'm back! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also, a cube is a square. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. oh, yeah. What'd you think of that? Oh, my God. You know what? I'm not a spoiler. We're already past that, but R.I.P. Cynthia Dahl. Yeah. Uh, you are, you uh, are missed, Mama. I saw, <laughs> I saw a clip on social this week of Cynthia, who's on her hard candy yeah. tour currently, where she has worked in voiceovers oh. from Creatures of the Night. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh, wait, no, yes. shut the hell yeah, she, up. Yeah, she, she was like, she was adding us like, oh, this is a Creatures of the Night stan account. Oh but my I, God. I, I could hear it. it, and it's us in the background saying, oh, this was such a hard elimination. And while we're talking about Cynthia Dahl, I fucking love Cynthia yes! Dahl. And Drax yes! does something too, and she puts it into her show, and then she runs out like the Outer Space Muppet with the big tits and the big lips. Oh my God. <laughs> I have wow. to say, like, <laughs> Cynthia, Cynthia did it right. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of want to, for people that are considering applying for the show or something, if you get cast, this is the best piece of advice I could ever give you. Once you apply, you go through this huge process, you are cast, right? You sign a contract. It goes into detail. Every single thing that's going to happen, everything that could, whatever, it's done. At that point, you come on the show and you have to trust the producers and work with them and be team the show to make the show good. And Cynthia is like the perfect example of that. Cynthia is the narrator. I'm like, because Cynthia understood the assignment and played ball. Day in, day out. Cynthia came to perform, came to work in the floor shows, in the lab, an icon. Yeah, some people come on the show and I think that they see behind the curtain and they start to become, you know, they sort of fall out of love with it because they start to think, wait, this is like a TV show and there's cameras and there's people and there's producers telling me to do stuff. They're trying to exploit me. They're trying to do this. And I'm like, at that point, it's too late. Oh yeah. You see that with some of the competitors as at multiple seasons, as it goes by, you can see them sort of change and it's sad to see because it's it, it's a fall from grace truly not to mention if you look at previous seasons of the show and just the way that we handle our artists in general diva Mom, we, we, treat them, we treat them very well well they sister don't they, see the thing is some people live very altruistically and i think that they think it's a documentary and it's yeah. and it, there's no cameras i mean i don't know how they think the show is made because we all know what being on other reality shows are like and i'm like Ooh. You want to talk about manufactured drama. Wow. And it's so kitten gloves on our show. And so it really shocks me sometimes. But again, these people have never been on TV before. They don't know what to compare it to. But it's just something I want to point out with Cynthia. It's like, you can see when people trust the process. I feel like there's a ton of people that are like, I'm in it. Let's do it. Let's make the show. And it works out well for them. It's when you sort of get there and you start distrusting things that I think it blows up in your face. Even when you try to put a fake thing on, as we can see, that doesn't oh, work either. Absolutely. That you can see right works. through it. The yeah. fans see through it when you put on a fake persona where you're like a nicey cutie and you like everybody <laughs> and everything's, you know. It's, like, it's kind of like the next level of say it, regret it, 
write, no, say it, forget it, write it, regret it, put it on TV, everybody, you can't blame it on the edit. Like, everybody is going to dissect your ass. Yeah. And you just gotta be like, I'm good with that. If you're not good with it, don't come on the show. It's just, just don't, but. It's exactly what you say when you say, like, get ready to just be authentic, live authentically on the show. Mm -hmm. And then when you get off, I feel like some people just they get lost in the sauce. They, they see how the sausage is made and then they're like, well, I, I have to defend myself against everything that was said. And I'm like, just go with it. Make the merch, mama. Right. Make the <laughs> sausage. Be the star. Like, yeah. Be the star. Yeah. Like, yeah. here is the star that you want to be. Yeah. Just walk into the door. Yeah, you can't change it. I feel like there's people in reality TV that embrace their villainy if, if for some reason... You know, because you can't control how people perceive you. Yep. And you just might be a villain. You People just might like to not like you. That's, that's kind of one of the risks you take. But if they do, <laughs> I feel like the people that lean into it are the most successful. Totally. You know, when they're like, oh, okay, that's me. Okay, well, I didn't think I was that, but I am. And now I'm going to just be that because what choice do you have, really? <laughs> you have no choice. And the one last thing I want to say is Cynthia is fast. And that's a thing I appreciate because like you're saying with the creatures of the night add in stuff, the window closes very, very fast. We, we release the show weekly. Everything moves. It's a rapid clip. You better be ready with merch. Mm-hmm. You better move fast. If you think, oh, well, I made this joke three episodes ago and maybe now. Nope, the Too time late. has passed. Hurry up, sinners. Get your coins. Yeah. I, will, I won't be spending <laughs> eternity in the Boulay Manor. Well, that's un- that's something I think about Ooh, I that her. people that sometimes will come on if they don't or they get turned off or they close up and they don't trust production. And, oh, my God, how am I going to get edited? I feel like they go on the show. They go home a year after they think about it. They're like, I wish I had that opportunity. Again. Oh, that is so many people's story. And we maintain relationships with lots of yep. previous competitors. I mean, how many times have we heard They that? want to come back. But that to me was a turnoff seeing doing Titans and seeing that to them, how important it was. You to know, really reshape to, that kind of yeah. Image. They Ooh, were oh my god! I did that's not, like even worse. It was worse, and I did worse. not expect that intensity. I thought I was like they've already been on the show; <laughs> they're going to come back, be themselves, and have fun with it. And they know that right, they've like, already they get it. They've done this before. Yeah, like this but is going to be a smooth ride. No, it, it was it was the opposite. It was they the were opposite. More, they were more measured and over labored, and everything was thought about. And because it's their chance to redefine themselves, yep. and if they didn't do it. But I'm like, ooh, that's not that's that you're gonna crash and burn that yep. way. So I don't know. Doing it, doing a second Titans, I don't know what I, I don't know how I feel about that. This to be might totally not sound right to come out of my mouth, but if you're gonna come on the show, whether it's a regular season or it's a Titan season, you just need to be you and give it up to God. <laughs> <laughs> Live, yeah. laugh, love, right? <laughs> You heard it here first, ladies. Live, laugh, love. Give it up to God. And with, anything's possible with God. <laughs> what are some more fun phrases like that? Oh, uh, I don't know. In this house, like, I don't know. <laughs> In this house, dot, 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 I don't know. You need that doormat. Wow, yes. In this house, dot, dot, dot. She's back. Hey, the, wind, the, wind, the window's going to close quick. We need merch next Hey, you better week. make that sausage again. Come on. So if you want to come on the show, don't listen to anything we say. (laughs) Because what do we know? All right, let's dig into this episode. So this is the Blade Brothers Dragula Season 5, Episode 8. This is the episode that decides who is going to make it on to the top four. Ooh. You said it. You said it. 
<laughs> Damn. I was going to say, this episode is juicy, so let's grab our graveyard shovels and really dig deep into this juicy episode, but you just you just threw out the biggest, uh, the, the, the biggest the juiciest thrower. thing. The, the, the top thrower. <laughs> the top thrower. <laughs> top thrower, everybody. <laughs> We made fools of ourselves. We made liars of ourselves because I think somewhere in there during challenge issuing, it's like, this is the episode that will determine the top three monsters of the Ooh. season. Knowing it damn, did. Knowing damn it well. did de- decide the top three of the season. It just also decided who the fourth person <laughs> the top, was. Hey, the top four includes the, the top, top three. three. So yeah. You're right. Maybe I, I was I hate this cast. They were too good all year. I- God, that is actually one of the things that I revisited looking at this episode was just, I love this cast. Yeah. They're great. Their drag is great. They're great in the lab. I get annoyed with people too. Well, what, you know what? Cut that. We'll get to that. Our team, our team knows how to cast the damn show. Yes. I remember going back to season two. I was like, oh my God, we have casted this show within an inch of its life. I will never be able to cast a show better. And I think just consistently year after year, season three, season four. Titan season five, like unbelievable. Unreal, mama. Well, you never know, right? I mean, this sounds so crazy, but when we get to the casting part and I'm like, I don't want to cast someone that I know is going to go home because Mm -hmm. I know what it feels like for that person to come on and go home first. And I just could not sit there for months being like, see that person? And I see how hard they're working at home to prepare for this. Well, I know that I actually just want them to go home immediately yeah. and ruin their life. Yeah, I just couldn't yeah. do it. I could not. But the, then it puts the other side of that coin is it makes the decision making very difficult. And I think as Swan aptly put, then Drac and I have to put our nicey cutie pants on. Oh, no, we have to use our save. Please, <laughs> by, please, by Swan. The, by the time we send someone home at the end of episode one, season six, it will have been probably like four years since we actually did that. <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't do it in season five. We didn't do it in Titans and we did do it in season four. But at that point it'll have been like three or four years. Well, we did do it, but then we brought someone back on episode two. Oh, you can't count that. I, no, but, okay. but it does, it does make it not necessarily a clean. Yeah. Anyway. Unclean. So let's dig into this episode. Sure. Let's talk about this opener. Cause we really need to talk about the major hint that was dropped in the yeah. form of this emergency news broadcast live via satellite it's little mr bogler on the scene yeah you did challenges how did that feel honestly an honor and i will say thank you to anyone who's reached out being like where's ian in this season where (laughs) are you mama and i'm like just wait just wait because this is my favorite cameo i've ever made really i I love you it's so fun and you did such a great job thank you thank you i i and i will say i was gooped gagged and honored that you guys asked me to do it because challenge issuing is a big fucking deal like I, I could not have been any happier to do it. And I just remember filming that day. Oh, and I got to say, y'all look so beautifully bloodied in this episode, too. Oh, well, the culmination <laughs> of, of covered our... in blood. I forgot how bloody you got. I was like, whoa, <laughs> you, know, you know I love to be liberal with the, with the blood. <laughs> <laughs> Glamour and gore, sweetie. Glamour yes. and gore. So this is every season you have made an appearance on the show. Yeah, I think this is my least slutty season. I think season four, strangely, may have been my sluttiest season. You think season four was? There's something about Let's Rip Her Fucking Throat Out that I think is 
just enduring and horny. Yeah, but season two, you were like at your most sluttiest himbo and the choking is, people out and stuff. I was but like, then, that's wait, probably then that was like the makeout scene of oh, season three. Oh, in season three. Yeah. I mean, honestly, okay, wait, that's three slut okay, seasons wait a and one. Well, season one <laughs> was very... Oh, wait, he was more like... <laughs> now she's entered her professional era. She's forgetting how slutty Season one, she was like bottom muscle thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, season I I two, she was like kind of like... Perverted Dom Choker guy. I was like me and Mo in <laughs> yeah. season two, which I love. <laughs> then season three, which one was that one? Well, season three, I made out with my husband Landon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I you went, you went to like woman. fantasy long hair bottom. Oh yeah. Okay, and then four, you were like <laughs> kind of mean beach gay. Yeah, well, I, was, well, I was mean beach voyeur gay, which I'm like, well, <laughs> the evolution. Honestly, yeah. twink death. <laughs> <laughs> you come back next year with a beard. Oh my god. Hey, Israel, give me your fucking lunch money. <laughs> wow. All right, so let's talk about drag kaiju and why. So I wanted to do drag kaiju for a long time. I've been nervous to assign it because I felt like the costumes would be very hard to build mm-hmm. to create, but I think they had a little extra time this year, and I was like, let's just go for it. I'm sure they can do anything under pressure. (laughs) Yeah, and luckily they really showed up in the talent department, too, because we got five very different visions of kaiju, from soft to hard, serpent-like to totally bestial, and it was very cool. So they get through challenge issuing. They see that their challenge is drag kaiju, Mm -hmm. which I'm very excited about. I know you both were too. 100%. Something we've been kind of cooking up for a while. Yeah. Literally, I feel like I remember in season three specifically being like, ooh, like, oh, what about a drag kaiju? And so we have been, Mama, we have been waiting for that egg to get laid for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it's one of those ones that needs to incubate a bit. You know, like Mm -hmm. sometimes when Mm -hmm. we first introduce a new challenge or a new kind of theme, Mm -hmm. it gets interpreted a little strangely. And then the second, Second year, you're like, okay, they got it. Right. Zombie prom. I remember Mm -hmm. that was on the board for a long time. And then I think the zombie prom came out like so good. So So good. good. There are some challenges on the season six war board right now that have been marinating for a few years. I'm excited to see how they (laughs) they come out. So we see in this lab, Neo and Orgotic go next door in the cauldron and have a little talk. I feel like this is probably the most genuine evolution of a relationship that I've seen in the show before. How do you all feel about that? I agree. It's rare to see this kind of heartfelt exchange without feeling like, oh, this is sappy. Oh, this is just gratuitous for the fans. Or this isn't, you know, this is just stinks of something like staged. But it was none of those things. It felt really warm. I'm a cynic. I am a cynic. What do you think? Ooh. And I will say that I appreciate what I feel is the reality of, I think that there is a genuine spark, but I think that both Neo and Orgotic are excellent competitors they both have the number one spot in their minds and i think that they see this as oh this is good we have a genuine connection but let's play it up oh you have this this thing for me oh well let me give you this heart and i'm like oh you little bitches oh really (laughs) you You and i love it though but i do love it i'm like do it more 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 (laughs) who knows you know like i felt it was genuine because you know they weren't prompted at all they just sort of would do these things and it seemed cute so I happen to know what happens next, which I'm not going to spoil. <gasps> Ooh, but Don't spoil it. I won't spoil it, but I will say <laughs> my wig was 
pulled back about halfway off my oh. head in the reunion, and then it was put back. I'll just leave that little tidbit that for people. That is a cunty look, too, when the wig is pulled half Well, back. we used to oh, do I, it on purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. You have this one look from the Queen Kong that era. That pink hair one? Yeah. Oh, oh, my fucking it, God, so dude. Extreme. I remember when y'all showed up in that, and I literally, just my jaw dropped. I was like, bitch. Yeah. That was when we you just had to sort of give it up to God and shave your head, your eyebrows, and just walk around in the day like an escape troll cave golem that doesn't just deserve live, to live. Just your ass right out of Lord of the Rings in the, under, <laughs> the un- underworld of Middle-earth. Now my big yeah. black pea coat on. And my, I mean, I look like Nosferatu during the yes. day walking around and it's, it's not good. And it wasn't a beach party. <laughs> <laughs> Neo says something really cool before they sort of retract and have that kind of personal moment because I just felt like this is worth nothing but anecdotally for me it, it would come right out of my mouth because they're like well i don't know you know cynthia was giving this but and orc was giving that and this was actually a really heartbreaking elimination because when we were there and the laser maids and all that i'm like i love them both mm-hmm. i hate to say goodbye to mm-hmm. either of them but neo goes i wish the universe brings orc back to me that would come right from my mouth that is out of your witchy spell yeah. book a yoda sure. after your own heart that's true <laughs> And then, then universe Black- bring back to me her. Yeah. <laughs> and then Blackberry says something right out of your heart. Cause Blackberry and Orc have this moment and they're going like back and forth oh, and back yes, and forth. Do, well, do you really do glamour? Well, do you show horror at all? Where are you, Blackberry? And Blackberry is like, I, I was in the top. And, and where were you? you? <laughs> in the bottom. <laughs> in the bottom. Like, yes! Blackberry, Blackberry was there to read. For oh, sure. Mama Swan, give me the crown. <laughs> <laughs> so then let's move on to this episode's judges, which I was so excited about. This is that Dragula magic, I think, coming together and making the impossible possible. We have Kevin Smith and his daughter, Harley Quinn Smith. I can't think of a better person to judge drag kaiju than Kevin Smith. So good. Yeah, truly an icon. And what I love about this is an icon from a different world. Maybe not having the drag knowledge, but absolutely the authority when it comes to comic book scale, all these things. I'm gagged, mama. I don't know if people see that we try to do that, that when there's a challenge, we try to pick a judge that has something to do with the theme and then someone to, you know, judge the drag sort of. So it's like, it's Haunted Hotel. We have horror author Tanana Reeve do, but then we have Landon. You know, it's like. Wait, Drac, are you anticipating that the fans are going to give this team flowers for the decision? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sister, you better be laughing oh, and no, loving. No, no. <laughs> you With your guest mistaken. judge, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah! <laughs> Work, mama! <laughs> And Harley was so great, too. I think she genuinely gave a lot of appreciation or appreciation. No, God. I was like, how did you not say? Okay. The finalists are. Like, I think she really yeah. enjoyed just everything that was that was put before her. Yeah, she's a fan of the show and drag. And she knows, she knows drag and she understands the whole machination of it. So I thought they were great together, actually. And I'm a fan of her blonde Lydia Dietz moment. And oh, I, t- yeah. I told her that on set. And she was Cute. like, oh, my God. Like, sort of squealing. Like, oh, I love that you recognize that. And I'm like, of course. Before we go into the floor show, we need to talk about these looks. Ooh. Because <laughs> we are serving blood elves Do from we? the Matrix. Do we need to talk about them? <laughs> Just quickly, because I actually love this hair, and I think we look good. It, you do. You look great in Thank this Thank you. I think we look great, too. But this is the baked potato outfit this is the that we referenced <laughs> on another episode. And, you know, maybe you couldn't tell because we never like to let them see us mm-hmm. sweat. But it was one million degrees in that baked potato outfit. The set is probably like 58 degrees 
at most. So it's very cold. And I remember sitting there in that outfit, just completely dripping sweat everywhere. And that never happens to me. But I was like, I mean, are you going to see it through this coat? I have to be soaking wet under here. And it's clear. Yikes. It was crazy. I mean, that was a cra- It did look cool. It looked very spacey. And I'm like, I guess if you are, you know, kaiju kind of fits. But yeah. the collar, I didn't like the collar on it. I just didn't like it. It wasn't my favorite. I liked the outfit. The outfit was really hot. I just didn't like the whole look together. Because it was see-through, there was a challenge with how it would close. And there are magnets in the front of oh, panels yeah. of that that coat yeah and there's a dress made out of the same material under it to give (laughs) it like two layers yeah (laughs) maybe not the best choice double double aluminum foil (laughs) now here's the thing that i don't understand because you see how hot we were in that right And, and part of that is you put a wig on your head and heat escapes your you know head and if you have all kinds of tape and two layers of wig caps on heat will not leave. And then a wig on and top of it. And all of the makeup too. Like you're just, yeah. you're sealed. And you seal it. Yeah. So the heat can't come out. But this is what I don't understand. How in the hell does Orgotic I knew not pass oh out every episode? Oh my fucking God, dude. Can real? you imagine wrapping your whole head in <sighs> saran wrap? And, and then, then latex it over in case there was any little... Pockets of air. You need to press them right out. I don't get it. it. It's it's wild. I feel like I would pass out. Well, especially this episode where he's on all fours, just, I mean, donkey kicking around. I was Mm -hmm. like, mama, I would be a puddle. He could never hear me either. I'm like, I have to go up, like when I'm directing (laughs) him in the floor show, go up and be like, turn your fucking head so I can scream into that little ear hole you poked in there. (laughs) Not drag the football coach. Seriously, I'm like, Turn right, <laughs> like right into his ear, and he's like, "What?" And then there's a language barrier too, so I'm like, "Just uh, roll around." I don't know. Just do, do what you thing. Want. Do the thing. Do, do what you do. <laughs> uh, speaking of rolling around, one of the best moments for me was the competitors rolling around through this miniature city. Oh, this is yeah. a, this is this is another kind of magic moment thing that we've been talking about basically for years. The years that we've been talking about doing kaiju's, like we want a miniature city. Yeah. And I think things happen as they should because this was the year that we had the creative vision, the time, the production team to be able to pull that off. Yeah, no, we wanted it to look really cartoony. I think it was successful and that it looked like a page from a comic book. Yeah. When you go down to that lower angle where you're yeah. looking up and you see them towering over it, love it. I do have a fantasy to create an actual mechanized miniature city where the cars are moving. There's oh, little cool. like almost like a miniature yeah. train village or something so that they can actually smash some of the stuff. I want like the rampage fantasy. Do you remember oh, that yeah. Of course. Yeah. Oh my God. That's for me the next evolution climbing up on the building. Yeah. Oh my God. Falling down. That's so good. We Ooh. need to make them for an extermination rock climb in their oh. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like really high. No, that's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty good because that would, that, would, that would freak people out. Have oh, you yeah. seen the, this like those people that do the rock climbing and they have to camp on the side of it? Absolutely oh, not. What the right hell nope. is that? Nope. That is some wild I'm shit. good, mama. So wild. that's what they're going to have to do. Perfect. <laughs> and catch me testing the extermination. Oh. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. I'm like, I'm like, am I, am I not tired? I think I'm just going to keep climbing. <laughs> so Jack and I have obviously shared all of our opinions and judged this episode. Is there anything that we didn't say or any feelings that you might have on some of these looks, Ian? Not really. I feel like we're getting down to, there are so few competitors that all the things that need to be said get said. I do want to throw my own ax 
accolade, I'll say, into the arena as well. And just watching this floor show, Orgotic snatched this win in those big, meaty claws, mama. The second he came out, I was like, well, damn. Yeah. Damn, Diva. Yeah. He did it. There's conversations about, you know, him using the same materials. I think some people are like, you know, some people get it. Some people don't. It's all subjective, right? I really liked earlier in this episode when it goes to Orgotic for his creatives. He goes, I'm using all the materials that everyone is so sick of. I'm using latex. <laughs> I'm using saran wrap. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I think, fuck some fan, yeah. I think some fans are noticing that similarity too, and maybe they don't love it. But for me, it's ingenuity. It's taking materials at hand and transforming them over and over and over again. That's not an easy thing to do. It's not. I mean, one of the other people that have been on the show that I think was just the best at it was Coco. I know mm-hmm. Coco didn't have a lot of materials and was able to make incredibly different silhouettes and incredibly different textures with not a lot. So you can do it, but I also think I know because we've known Orgotic before the show that that is his style. Yeah, I think that Orgotic is super talented, and I wonder if maybe that, I'll say reliance, if that reliance on the latex and the saran wrap and those sort of materials would be better received with kind of the Coco ability to sew. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Coco always managed to incorporate these unconventional materials into, like you're saying, these different silhouettes and things. And I guess I was just happy to see Orgotic do this because I remember I gave a a comment. I think it was the Monsters of Rock episode of like, oh, I think I've seen this before. But to see Orgotic on all fours moving around like this with the giant head, I was like, I my criticism has been met. I'm very, very happy with that. It's really a question of is all drag valid? That whole question, you know, and I think it's so interesting to put all these kind of different artists on the show. Some people think it's great. Some people don't. And everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yes. So Orgotic gave us the biggest killer kaiju on the stage, a deserved win. And that is when we learned that the rest of the cast is all up for extermination and we pile our asses into the cauldron. Delighted to tell you, Divas. (laughs) (laughs) So they weren't excited about the fight just behind the scenes. They weren't, right? They weren't. And this is a thing that if I could personally impart onto the next cast or to anyone, yes, the exterminations are intense. Yes, the exterminations can be scary and they are designed that way. But sometimes it's just fucking fun to beat the shit out of your (laughs) friends, girl. How different was this cast reaction to... The Thunderdome, which, hi, this definitely harkens yeah, back to that. the same they thing. They were so excited they, to they do it. Like, that wait. was wild. In this one, they were like, we don't want to oh. hurt each other. And I was like... They were scared to hurt each other. I am. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, it's only been a couple of years. What? Well, I guess it's been like six or seven years since we filmed season two. But the oh, difference wow. in these artists' interpretation of these tasks... It's so crazy how extremely different they are. I wonder sometimes if it's because of the stakes that are at hand. Because I think about if the three of us were going to be like, hey, we're going to go do this pugil stick thing. It's all good. Like, just have fun. I feel like we'd be like, cool. Love you to death. Let's fuck it up. Like, (laughs) let's just have fun. Like, I love you guys, but let's fuck it up. Yeah. I just, I don't. I just don't get it. The point is not to hurt each other. I mean, because you'd have to really try. You are in an inflated ring with foam cut. Like, you would have to really be mega powerful to actually hurt someone in that situation. Now, I am going to say, 
I have seen it happen before when we did this at a club, which we did back in the day, uh-huh. in which the first two people we asked, oh. to, yeah, we had two people come in. We had like mud wrestling night. And so part of the mud wrestling, you watch the mud wrestling, but the fans could go next door in the other part of the club and battle each other in a similar ring. Well, yes, we've been doing this kind of shit for many, exactly. many, <laughs> many, many hours. So the first two people that got up there. We're like, okay, blow the whistle. The person (laughs) jumped in the air like they were Thor or something and swung this thing around, knocked the other person so hard that they flew out of the (laughs) ring onto the concrete floor, which I did not even think was possible. The people that running the thing was like, I've never seen this happen before. And I was like, well, of course it happened to Don. Of course. First, they get hurt because they were completely wasted, so that was nice. But I think it's a pretty safe battle so i was surprised at how scared they were (laughs) (laughs) what do you make of them being afraid to do it i feel like there is a little bit of a combo of this cast is a little more sensitive i think that and it's not a bad thing i just think that they are more sort of sensitive artist types Mm -hmm. and they are sort of in their feelings which is totally fair and totally fine but i really do attribute it to at this stage it's not even a like a fear response or that they're Oh, I don't, I don't want to hurt you. It's, I, I want to win. I want to stay, but I don't want to be the one to send you home. Like, oh. I, I think that we're friends here, and I don't, want, I don't want you to lose out on your chance to show what you have to do. But just to be real, this is a competition. Right. This is what we sign up for. This is what we do. This is the show. Thank you, Madeline, for that quote. Right. Well, I mean, eventually they got into it and started going ham. So it, I, it ended up looking so much better than I anticipated. Yeah. I mean, it looked it like they look were really, really in there beating each other's asses. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they were. You know, it got there. I think it definitely got there with blackberry and neo like once Mm -hmm. they were warmed up i was like okay stop like and they were just like chasing each other around smashing each other (laughs) yeah there there will just never be anything quite like victoria literally chipping a tooth yeah oh Oh, i forgot about that hardcore man yeah and well that one the Pugil sticks were different in Wasteland yeah. Weekend. They were not soft. <laughs> they <laughs> no. were foam, but they were not soft. This was all very soft. It was Wasteland like Weekend glove. was another level. That yeah, was, was crazy. <laughs> I will always remember that. So let's move on to the end of this. So the point was all of them had to battle. The only person that was guaranteed a spot in uh, the top was Orgotic, and everybody else had to go and battle each other. And part of that really was like, get outside of your comfort zone. Like, really show us that you're willing to go the extra mile. You know, don't get scared and say you don't want to do it. But whatever. Well, whatever. <laughs> as long as you, in the end, you do it, right? Yeah. yeah. And so Fantasia ends up being the one that does not make it yes. forward. She will be so missed. I think you can feel the love from all of us for Fantasia. <laughs> but uh, that being said, I do get giddy when I see this death scene. It's so fun. It's so The joy that I have in tormenting <laughs> her is so good. And like I have my little, like... Wizard of Oz control room like behind the scenes moment. Um, and it's it, and it's really Fantasia's swan song performance. It proves that she's not just a queen. She is a scream queen. Yeah. Because Fantasia she re- is such a star. Like, oh, yeah. icon. I had so much fun with her that day. I directed that one. We were all split up because there's different stuff going on. 
And I had a blast with her. I have some BTS I'll probably share online. I've been doing that a little like with Cynthia. I had some stuff, I had some stuff with I Anna. Love photo. Yeah. And it was always fun. It was like literally, I just killed her and I was like, hey. And she's like, what? I was like, take a picture with me. She's like, okay. <laughs> but I have some from Fantasia I want to share. But th- I think that death scene is really cool. I was yeah. happy with it. I love it too. Mm-hmm. And on that note, with the death of Fantasia, we are going to take our second break and we will be right back. All right, we are back, and it's time to answer some listener questions. So, Ian, will you do the honors? This just in from the Creatures of the Night desk. Listener questions. (laughs) Mama. Doug from DC writes, I wanted to know if you knew or if Neo knew about the M-U-S-C-L-E muscle men toys from the 80s. Her look was on point with those characters. I had many of them as a kid, and it took me a day, but I figured out what her look reminded me of. She hit it out of the park. Yeah, it it looks very much like that. I'm familiar with them. I recognize the suit looked like something. I didn't know what. The pink, it is exactly that. It is. I mean, Doug, thank you. Because, wow, I had a collection of these weird little fleshwork golems, too. And this (laughs) floor show really does harken back to that. Yeah. Aaron from New Jersey asks, my question is specifically for Dragmorda. How do you feel that Blackberry only asks Mama Swan for the crown? Is your crown not as good? <laughs> oh, that is a good question. question. I wonder, wow. I, I assume it must, I don't know why actually. I'm going to have to ask Blackberry. Maybe Mama Swan gives you the crown and Drac gives you the scepter or oh. like the flowers or whatever it might be in that season. I don't think so. I like but this maybe. defending. Yeah. <laughs> a good question. <laughs> What the fuck? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Our next question is from Drakmorda. Blackberry, why? <laughs> Samantha from Mississippi. Oh, the gay part. So Samantha from Mississippi. You've mentioned Orc and Neo, and maybe Anna, possibly not understanding specific cultural references since the show is heavily based on American culture. Does the Belay Brothers Dragula have a translator available for contestants whose first language isn't English? Or is the expectation that they should be fluent? Additionally, do the contestants really get the opportunity to do research on these specific concepts beforehand? So that's two questions, but we will generously answer them both. The first question is, sometimes there is an interpreter. I know in the case of Orgotic, there was, and we allowed Orgotic to speak their, you know, their first language on screen sometimes to explain things, because he'd say, well, I really don't know how to explain this in English. He's like, oh, it's fine, we'll subtitle it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But... Neo, I don't think we had anybody on hand. Anna, we did. It, Ian, will you give us your Anna? Anna Falakta from Glasgow and a Venom and uh, the Brisbane. Oh, and I'm sorry, I don't know today. Oh, also, Anna, I want my shirt back. P.S. <laughs> so, yeah, Anna did have an interpreter. <laughs> God, I love it. And then, do they have time to research it? Yes, they do have time to research it. They're given sort of examples of exactly what we're talking. That's why sometimes when the, when they miss the mark, I'm confused mm-hmm. because I'm it's like here are pictures of exactly what I am talking about. I am confusion. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes that really that really throws me for a loop. But I guess you have to decide as an artist how 
how close do you want to hit the nail on the head? And how much do you think we want to see of your originality? So I, I'm sure it's a balance, but sometimes I literally say, don't do that. Oh, and then yep. they do it and then they go home and they're mad. And I'm like, explain that to me, please. But you did it. But you did it anyways. <laughs> Astrid. <laughs> well, that's all the questions we're going to answer today. Because for next week's holiday episode, we're going to read all of your listener mail and try to answer as many as we possibly can for that special holiday episode. We're also going to be reviewing the 1980s Santa Slasher Christmas Evil, so make sure if you want to partake in the Junior Mints Movie Club movie review that you go ahead and watch it before the next episode is out. Happy holidays, uglies. The Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night is hosted and produced by Drachmorda and Swanthula Boulay along with co-host Ian DeVogler, with music by Neuron Spectre. <laughs>